The topic I'm going to discuss today is all about how we self-protect when someone does or says something that triggers us. Today, we're going to look at the patterns you have when you feel triggered, how we become conditioned to use these coping strategies. And I'm going to show you a practice the next time you feel triggered so that you can befriend that part of you that is seeking to protect you, but often ends up costing you more happiness and success. By the end, you're going to have a way to end the self-sabotage and self-betrayal that you may or may not even realize you're a part of in your relationships. And what's so great about what I'm going to share with you is that this is a practice that can be used in your relationships, whether that's with your coworker, your child, your spouse, or any other family member. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Welcome to the Playing Full Out Podcast. This is Rita. Hello. I'm so happy you're here because today we have a topic I haven't discussed before in any episode. But recently, I have seen the havoc that not understanding this plays in our relationships and in every category, both at work and at home. Today, you're going to identify your pattern when you feel triggered and learn how to comfort that part of you that was conditioned to behave in a certain way as a means to self-preserve. What do I mean by this? What do I mean by self-protection pattern or self-protection mechanism? And why is this so important? A self-protection pattern is a behavior or a coping tool that we employ when a part of us doesn't feel like it can manage or navigate a solution. We may feel unsafe or that something's out of control or that we're going to get hurt. So we rely upon certain behavior that oftentimes we've relied upon and become conditioned to use so we can escape the feelings we don't want to feel. And that's how it becomes a pattern because we've repeated it so often as a means to avoiding certain feelings. Our conditioning of this self-protection mechanism often takes root in and from an experience in our childhood. It exists today still as a way that we cope because underneath all those experiences that trigger us are these unfelt feelings of hurt or fear, or anger, or resentment. So we react to avoid these feelings. And most of the time, we don't know that we're even doing this. It's subconscious, and it's been a part of us for so long. We don't really recognize that it's happening until we start to see that our reactions, our automatic default, are costing us in our relationships and in our ability to lead or succeed. What we know is that all those feelings need to be exposed to be healed for you to react instead of respond from your secure, true self. Recently, I've been noticing individuals with self-protection mechanisms that are causing them much more pain 
And as these parts of us that we don't recognize tend to do, they cause us to lose touch with ourselves too. We start to go against ourselves. We self-betray. And let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. A seasoned corporate employee consistently reacts defensively when given feedback from his manager that could help him succeed as he desires. A woman tells me she's contemplating divorce as she has become someone she doesn't recognize anymore. She finds herself in a push-pull dynamic of reacting to all of her spouse's needs. And then in the next moment, she emotionally withdraws and wants to remove herself from the relationship entirely. I've talked to a father who overpowers his children, certain that he's always right, and he resorts to yelling at his daughter whenever he interprets that she's done something wrong. I have spoken to a university football coach who's overwhelmed by the anxiety attacks that have begun in the past year that keep him from trusting himself or speaking his voice after recently correlating and recalling his childhood incidents of sexual abuse by a family member. I was just talking to someone about a business owner who cannot keep her good friends or employees because while she becomes very close to them initially, she ultimately starts to fear that they may leave, and then she attacks them verbally and oftentimes quite viciously and publicly so that they leave her first. None of these people are aware of how their protection mechanism is playing out. But what all of these stories have in common are these individuals are suffering from the part of themselves that's seeking to protect them. It's the coping strategy that they appropriately created and learned at some point in their life, often due to an earlier emotionally distressing event that they had to use to self-preserve. And it's now, unfortunately, without their consciousness of it, their awareness of it, it's now become their automatic method or their strategy to deal with situations that trigger them and make them uneasy when they don't have the tools to deal or to feel these feelings. Today's conversation is about recognizing how you self-protect when you're triggered and how to become friends with that part of you that does it. For example, early on, I chose a protection mechanism for any time someone else had big emotions or became upset. I tried to ease that person's pain. Sometimes that meant betraying myself by letting others insult or make fun of me without me stopping them. I recall one Christmas day when the extended family was gathered and I was with an aunt and my favorite cousin at the time. And my cousin, who was about the same age as me, had not tested into the same high school that I had. And my aunt was very jealous that I had. I recall my aunt insulting me that I was friends with more elite people or snobby people and that I was attending events that she judged also as elevated. My memory of her was laughing and cackling and insulting me. And she did this as others, my cousin and some another adult who was important to me, watched without stopping her. Now, at that age, I was already aware that she hurt for her daughter, or I had made an agreement or a protection mechanism that I would keep the peace. So I decided that I would take on the feelings for everyone. I would not speak up for myself so that nobody else would experience any pain. Little did I realize that my selected coping mechanism in that moment would become one that I would use for decades. 
like me, your coping strategies, which were usually learned in childhood, can keep us from the happiness and success we want as adults and really wreak havoc. So what I want right now is for you to stop for a moment. Think of one way you protect yourself in relationships. When you get triggered by someone for something they say or do, what behavior are you most likely to respond with? The first step is that we understand that we're involved and that we actually have a choice, even if it feels like we don't. This is the first step to look at your patterns in relationships when someone says or does something that you don't like. Do you betray yourself and not stop a person if they're coming against you? Do you refrain from asking for what you want? Do you allow others' needs to supersede your own? Maybe you raise your voice, like the father I mentioned, as a means to shut someone down. Are you weary of trusting others and therefore you resist authentically expressing how you really feel? Do you get defensive? Maybe your protection mechanism is to see everybody else as wrong or untrustworthy. There was a time when I avoided getting too close to others because I believed the less I knew or the less another person knew about me, the better off I'd be. Then I couldn't get hurt. In other words, if I was vulnerable, they would hurt me. That was the way I looked at it. So the cost of this avoidance style in my relationships was that I was protected, but I never was able to have very deep or authentic relationships. But this just wasn't in my personal life either. This was, I recall several years into my career being told that a senior leader was frustrated that she didn't know me and she was insulted that I had not set out to get to know her. And I was very deliberate not exposing myself to her. This was something that very well could have negatively impacted my career. And that's the thing to recognize about our protection mechanisms is that when they are reacting from a place or source of protecting us, what happens is that we aren't aware that we are reacting versus responding, and we get ourselves into more pain oftentimes. Do you pretend you're laid back and avoid showing that you care so that you don't get hurt? Do you use sarcasm to avoid being seen authentically? Do you become argumentative so to keep people at a distance? Do you react with anger when someone says something that you don't want to hear? Do you defer to filling others' needs or wants and remain silent when it comes to yours? If someone else is uneasy or unhappy, do you take that on and work to make them happy even at your expense like I did? Do you check out or numb out with food or alcohol or TV? There are a lot of different ways that we employ to protect ourselves. There's different protection mechanisms, and they're very specific to us. The reason we've created that part of us is to help us cope with these feelings that on some level, we don't think we can handle feeling again. And so these become our automatic reactions. And to change reacting from our protective mechanism, we have to lean into the feelings that we might want to actually run from. We have to pause in the moment and feel them. So there's three steps to doing this. And as I mentioned, the first of these is to simply recognize your protection mechanism. Recognize your patterns of behavior in relationship when things get hard or you feel unsafe or you feel triggered. Right now, think of that way that you protect yourself. The one way to do this is to look at your last disagreement or a time that you recently were triggered by someone. 
Look at the way you handled it. Look at the way you responded. It's key to see and name it for what it really is, a part of you that's trying to protect you rather than self-identifying it and justifying it. When you witness it, whether it's during an experience with someone or after, you want to take a deep breath and in and relax. Don't run or numb from it. Instead, just notice, oh, that's why I betray myself and allow that person's needs to supersede my own. Or maybe that's why and what I do when I feel unseen or unheard or out of control. Maybe when someone's trying to give you feedback, you check out. Maybe when you're scared or numb, you go get a drink. Don't judge it. Just notice it. That's your second step is to witness yourself in the moment, take a breath and relax. A live example of this is a person who was recently triggered by her teenager. She's been raised by a parent who was a screamer and her needs weren't met. So she was conditioned to be heard by yelling. And so her protective part begins to react in that way. And when she does that now, because she's identified that part of her, that protection mechanism, when she's in the moment in step two, witness it, she will simply stop, take a breath and relax. It's incredibly powerful to take back that part of you by recognizing and calling it out for what it is. Being able to name your protector has and can keep you from jumping to save or taking on other people's problems. By witnessing it, you can simply take a breath and relax and sit with the uncomfortable feelings again instead of running from them. And the third step is to comfort yourself or become friends with your protection mechanism or that part of you that's protecting you. You want to comfort it like you would a good friend who's been looking out for you for a long time. Thank it for being there when you needed it to survive. For example, I've gone back to that moment in history where I betrayed myself by allowing my aunt to insult me and to not speak up for myself. And I've had a conversation with my younger self. This is actually called reparenting. Reparenting is the practice of relearning how to meet physical and emotional needs that your inner child or your younger self may have not been able to take care of. By reparenting ourselves, we are able to guide ourselves and to really actually transform and recircuit your subconscious so that it can be spoken to in a way. It's really, it does come down to consistency and, and feeling it. And so these conversations of really going into and having a moment where you're able to really reinform that child at the moment when the event took place. That means you're able to be in those feelings and switch them there. And then means that the whole entire process can be refiled going forward. It can be hard to change our patterns of behavior because we've been using them without even realizing it for so long. So becoming awake, which is what conscious actually means, is our very first step in doing this. And without being aware and making friends with that part that's protecting you, you can spend years doing damage and driving with your foot on the brake, working hard in terms of success and not know what is thwarting you. I'll say for me, it took years after that point where I began my self-protection mechanism to bravely speak up for myself from a place of clarity and love. I didn't have this process for many years. But a good indication that we are operating from our protection mechanism 
is when we're triggered. We blame others for triggering us instead of looking at how we may be playing a role. What happens when you get to know your specific protection mechanism that shows up when you get triggered is that your relationships will dramatically improve. Marriages transform. Those relationships with your children, I've watched them, family members, friends. You learn how to speak with love and clarity and boundaries, and everything is richer, more authentic, and you'll feel better too because you're responding from your aligned, healed, and whole self. Now, if you're listening to this right now, it tells me that you're someone who has or is continuing the journey to raise your self-awareness. As you know, self-awareness is definitely the X factor advantage to experiencing the greatest version of you. Being aware of how you self-protect and the specific coping mechanisms that you use when you feel triggered is an absolutely excellent way to begin. So by being aware as opposed to remaining in the dark, in denial, or numbing out to these strategies, we actually untether ourselves from our past and from our conditioning. So your call to action this week is to simply identify the protection mechanism that you use when you're triggered, be aware and witness it when you see it. Instead of running from the feelings, breathe into the moment and relax. And then take some time to become friends with that part of you that has protected you for so long. Thank it. Reassure it. Let it know that it no longer needs to react in that way to protect you from your feelings that you were too afraid to feel because now you felt them. You no longer need to resist or run from them. Remember that how you do some things is how you do everything. And if you see your protection mechanism operating or playing out in a relationship at home, there's a good chance it's happening at work too and vice versa. And most of the time it's happening without you being aware of it. I acknowledge you for pursuing your best version of you, even when it may in the beginning feel uncomfortable. Remember, it's worth it. On the other side is freedom and the significant advantage that comes from operating at your best, clearest, most love-based space. You've got this. I believe in you and the contribution that you're here to bring. Until our next podcast, be kind and graceful, both to you and to others. We're all working out our life assignments. This is Rita Hyland of the Playing Full Out Podcast. Be well. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast.